0: let's just all do a microphone check before yeah check 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 does it sound good still
1: yeah sounds good for him over here perfect okay. check 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 sound good over there
0: yeah okay. how do i sound
1: you, you sound, sound good. good better than you right. look
2: <laughs> oh. oh oh poor guy <laughs> oh. brotherly oh. love come
1: on now <laughs> yeah all right <clears throat> all right muting the microphone
2: Ladies and gentlemen, brethren all, welcome to the Working Tools Masonic Podcast, Episode 1. I'm one of your three hosts, Connor Massey. I'm a Master Mason from Victoria, British Columbia, and shortly, my colleagues will introduce themselves. But before we get to that, it's important to note that our opinions and topics of discussion are our own, and by no means reflect the views or opinions of our Grand Lodge, being the Grand Lodge of British Columbia and Yukon, or our individual lodges. Now with that said, I'll invite my colleagues to introduce themselves.
1: And I am Steve Chung. I am a past master of Prince Charles Lodge in Kelowna, British Columbia, and a past twice peace and grand master for the Valley of Vernon Scottish Rite and uh, 32nd degree Mason. And on to Brother Dave.
0: My name is David Barron. I am a fellow craft Mason at the Squamish Lodge, and I'll be leading this conversation about setting the bar high and what that means to live a Masonic and upright life, keeping that bar high. Um, What I've known is that throughout my time on this earth, I've always had very high expectations for myself. And a lot of times that can lead to, you know, depression, frustration, because you're never living up to that. But what I realized in life is that when you understand that setting that bar high doesn't necessarily mean you have to reach it every time. But the idea is to keep yourself on that high standard so that no matter what when you feel low you have nothing to do but to aim for that bar so you've set yourself at that point point. and in a way you know from a negative standpoint you could say that you're sabotaging yourself but in a good way for good things this needs to be more of a, a conversation do you guys got anything to say regarding that back and forth
1: setting the bar high I agree is one of the most important things that uh, we as human beings need to do is to hold ourselves to a high standard uh, because if you don't it's quite easy to go down a rabbit hole and uh, uh, find yourself on uh, on the wrong side of things and um, whether that bar is being set high in, in lodge, as far as the quality of, of ritual work that you're doing, or whether it's, um, in business, in the level of customer service, you know, in my business, customer service is everything. Um, I rely on my monthly clients to, um, feed the family as per se, and they rely on me to take care of their things and, and, I haven't met personally half of my clients so they just trust that I am going to take care of them and do as I say I'm going to do and so you know that's one of my favorite things in life is is integrity because you know you can take my house you can take my car you can take my wife and you can take all my jewelry but you can't take my integrity Amen. I don't
0: understand to <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I I don't imagine your wife would appreciate you saying that, but
1: <laughs> yeah, probably not. But you know, it's happened before. Yeah, yep, it's truth.
2: So within my profession, um, setting the bar high is is a standard. Uh, I'm a kilt maker, and when I'm sewing together the pleats, uh, I have about a millimeters um, error. So if I if I am like two threads off. Uh, in having those lines match up I have to pull that pleat and resew again so when it comes to professional professionally for me setting the bar high is just the minimum I guess um, when it comes to masonry um, I'm a member of two lodges and one of those lodges is uh, an emulation lodge and one of those lodges is an ancient lodge and the ancient lodge is considered to be one of the best ritual lodges in the jurisdiction. So when my when my emulation lodge has a practice maybe once a month, That's my it's ancient work. Yeah, I, I know ancient work. Yeah, um, when when my emulation lodge has like a practice maybe once a month, my or my emulation lodge has a practice maybe once a month. My ancient lodge has a practice maybe once a week um so there's in masonically i definitely think that that certain lodges set the bar a lot higher than others and it's there's there's certainly a lot of pride to be able to stand in front of the chart or in front of the tracing board and spout on for 15 minutes uh monologuing in ritual that's older than all of us combined well maybe not as old as as you steve but
1: (laughs) well you know you're only as old as you feel and uh well I'm still pretty young at heart, but I do enjoy giving those really long lectures. And I know what you're saying, and you know one of the things that um, our district is always prided itself on is doing our work from memory, not reading things. And um, as of late, I've had the privilege to become the lodge officers coach in my lodge and since taking on that role of course i've been asked by other brethren to help them uh, fine-tune their ritual because i don't believe in standing up and repeating something that is just verbatim as to what you read delivery with cadence and emphasis and punctuation And pause is so important that a message be delivered you know for example i give the address to the brethren lecture in both the canadian work and the ancient work and when peachland 56 was constituted uh this past summer by the grand master um and i did the address to the brethren i had people come to me and and say that you know I've been in Lodge for 35 years and I actually understood what you were saying as you were saying it and congratulated me on delivering it in a manner that from the sidelines, they understood. And I thought, you know, that speaks volumes because I put a lot of effort into what it is that I'm doing for memory work and... It's nice to see that it's actually, it comes around on the other side. So the standard that I, I try to achieve and hold myself to um, is pretty high. And, and uh, uh, it feels good to be able to deliver it that way.
2: So for those who don't know, the, um, the address to the brethren that uh, Worshipful Brother Stephen Chung was uh, talking about there is an immensely long, uh, complicated piece of, of ritual. That is delivered uh, at the end of an installation, and I have seen it done twice, no, three times, and the only reason why I understand what's being said in it is because I've read it. And there, no offense to the brother and who 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 gave the address, they did a wonderful job, but it is sort of that thing where even if you're paying perfect attention by the time you get to one end, uh you've forgotten the other end. <laughs> um, so yeah having having someone who can not just sit there and recite the the memory work as it stands, but put some emphasis and energy and energy into it really makes it a lot easier in my opinion, for people to understand.
1: well, you know most people that do the Canadian version. It's a 12, 13-minute lecture. When I do it, it's 17 to 19 minutes. But That's
2: That's because you're in an ancient lodge.
1: No, that's the Canadian version. The ancient address to the brethren is down for me, down to a 10-minute lecture. Really? Most other guys do the ancient one in six to seven minutes.
2: Wow. I didn't know the ancient address to the brethren was, was shorter than the emulation
1: one. So on 20 point font, it's four pages. The Canadian version in 20 point font is nine pages.
2: Interesting. Now I also think it might be beneficial for our listeners to explain a little bit in our grand lodge. There are four acknowledged and accepted, um, types of work, uh, my mother Lodge did emulation, which is based off of uh, the Grand Lodge of England. There is also Canadian, which is based off of the Grand Lodge of Canada in the province of Ontario. And then there is Ancient, which is kind of a conglomeration off of uh, Web American and Scottish ritual, which is my other Lodge, and I believe Stevens Lodge. Um, and then there is also one Lodge, which is special. And does Australian work now I'm not sure why but it exists it's there
1: I think some of that can all be attributed to uh, holding themselves to higher standards they think by doing this other work that they found that it's better work better standards you know that they're holding themselves to I don't know but I could never figure out why lodges split and one became an ancient lodge and one became a a, an emulation lodge you know other than the fact that you know something was different so you know i asked a couple of guys and and that was the story i got told but you know
2: i was uh talking with the chairman of our grand lodge uh ritual committee the other day and he said that the reason not for Canadian and, emulation, or Canadian and Australian, but the reason why emulation and ancient ritual is so different is because um, after America um, left England, um, they didn't want to have anything to do with England. So they were like, all right, well, we've been, we, we don't want to use English work. We don't want to follow what Grand Lodge of England is saying. So let's go and see Scotland and see what they're doing. Uh, and they took English and they took Scottish work and they started to change it a little bit so that they were completely separate from, from English work. And that's why they're so different. I don't know how accurate that is, but I, I, I trust the, uh, the brother who told me that.
0: Perfect. Um, and so for keeping the bar high, I have a sort of a different direction than when we, what we've been discussing with it. And it's, your perspective on the world and life. So most people live in the lower realm, physical world, allowing physical things to affect you, which affect your thoughts and then your feelings and then or your thoughts, your emotions and then your spirit, which lead to a lot of people's depression and whatnot. Um, But to raise that bar from just thinking materially to bring yourself up to a higher perspective and not living in the world of direct um, reaction to things, but rather than living in your spirit so that your spirit affects your emotions and you can use your emotions to affect your thoughts and then your thoughts to affect the physical world and the people around you. Taking the perspective of the Eagle looking down at a problem when you're walking along the road and there's, you know, a bunch of people in front of you, there's fights and stuff happening, it's just not a good scene. That's a big deal to deal with when you're when you're right there. But if you're soaring in the clouds and you look down upon that, you're just like, oh, that's just another problem. Let's look for the solution and move on. So keeping that standard high and that bar high with that perspective on high, looking down upon your life rather than looking up at your spirit seems to help every situation not be such a big deal. And when it's not a big deal, you can find the solution very quickly. And this is a a Kabbalistic thing. So um, the idea is you want to raise your consciousness from Malkuth. Right down here. I don't know if you can see that this is the Kabbalistic tree of life, right? So most people live right here in dualism. But to raise ourselves to this consciousness so that we look down upon the world and we are not affected by those mundane things on a day-to-day basis can also keep our bar bar raised high because that means that no matter what, we are unwavering on our moral uh, judgment and... um, I don't know if you guys had any ideas or anything to say about that, brother Steve.
1: Well, it's kind of system. it's it's kind of like um, living life by design rather than by chance. You can sit yes. there and let everything else ha- happen around you, but if you take the time to stand back and look at it from a, a different perspective, and um, uh, like you say, looking down on something rather than you know being in the middle of it. Uh, i totally get what you're saying there um and you know i don't like to live life by chance too many things get thrown in my way at that point and you can affect the outcome of things much better if you're thinking ahead and uh, if that's where you're getting at with your uh, your direction that you were going i was kind of thinking that you're um in the trade that you're in being a tattoo artist that you know holding yourself to you know to different standards is what excels you in your in your profession
0: absolutely um holding myself to the highest standard and then like you were talking about before with your clients having to have faith in you basically um, i you know somebody will walk in my door not know me at all, never meet me before and say, Okay, I want a full sleeve, and I want it to represent this, so I want, you know, a portrait of, you know, a parent that passed away, or a family member, and then they have to put that faith in me that my standard is high enough, that it will exceed their expectations every time. And through that, it's taken me many years to um, elevate my standard to that point And actually, have my practice follow my elevated standard because that's sometimes that's not always easy to do as well as you can place the bar high but actually reaching it is another story
2: i have so, yeah. to say that the idea of walking into a tattoo parlor and saying oh mate can i have a full sleeve please uh, you sound like all the guys from whistler <laughs> that just sounds terribly painful
0: <laughs> it's true though
1: well when i got my shoulder done that was hours and hours of uh uh stick to itness let's call it that right but um yeah when you hold yourself to the standard it shows in your work and it shows in it comes out in every aspect of life that you actually apply it to and that's something to be said as well Is we can put those extra efforts in to uh, portray those things and to hold ourselves to higher standards. Um, The real challenge is in doing that in every aspect of your life. And uh, because there's so many things to distract us um, and command our thoughts away from where they need to be.
0: Yeah. So holding that um, concentration on that uh, that that standard is important because I you know I've I've noticed myself you can be living consciously for two to three days and then before you know it a week has gone by and you totally haven't been conscious of what you're actually doing you've gone to lodge you've done the things you've gone to work you've talked to the people but you haven't actually been Conscious of it. Right. Because
1: if you were conscious of it, you would have remembered that you need to coach this guy on his work. You need to let this guy know what's expected of him in this station. And you need to direct the rest of the um, players that affect your world. And when we're talking about lodge, you know, every office has a different duty and responsibility. And most of the guys haven't been educated properly as to what that is so you can live life just going along and existing in there and you do your job and if they don't do their job as well that's their problem but you know when you're really holding yourself to that standard you're holding everything around you to that standard so and i guess that's probably how i ended up becoming the lodge officer's coach is because you know when i went through the chairs to worship a master You learn all of the responsibilities and duties in those chairs if you have put your effort in. And so when you're sitting there in a Worshipful Master's chair and seeing that not everybody has done that, you need to take it upon yourself to help them get there and to raise their level of awareness to that same standard, Um, you know, because... um, some guys say fake it till you make it and which was great in dmla because you're young and and the same Expectations weren't there but in lodge, you know those guys have been coming to lodge for 50 years That know you got those words wrong you that that know that you Substituted a whole line in there or that you missed a paragraph in there and so which, Go ahead which Tommy. is
2: something which is something that I I think is worth discussing because as much as it's always good to hold yourself to a high standard and to try to be the best Mason that you can and get all of your ritual word perfect, there is negatives there. Um, I know for a fact that there are some Masons here in, on Vancouver Island who have said that, hey, I don't want to go to Lodge anymore because there are older, more experienced Masons who make my life miserable. Like I get one word wrong and I have five people coming up to tell me how disgraceful it was that I got that word wrong. So, yeah, we should hold ourselves to a higher standard. But I also think it's important to not hold others to a higher standard.
1: Well, holding yourself to a higher standard would not allow you to go and ridicule that guy. It would have allowed you to go and compliment the guy on the work that he did correctly. Yeah, because yeah,
2: I, I know my my father, for instance, uh, one of the reasons why he left the graft was he was getting ridiculed.
1: Right. And see uh, where I have, it's affected me to the point of there was a particular Worshipful Master in uh, our district that read everything. And as he read everything, I started to not go to his lodge because everything was being read or the majority of guys were doing their work properly from memory. And yet he would read his things. And, um, so that's on the extreme opposite of that, rather than getting one or two words wrong, he was reading everything so that it was word perfect. And, um, you know, the standard is things are committed to memory and done from memory. And so I had a really hard time in going to that lodge where the standard wasn't being even attempted and i think uh, that should
2: actually be some. go ahead
1: well what i was going to say
0: about that was um <clears throat> that standard being set and holding yourself to the high regard um, doesn't necessarily mean you hold people around you to it but what you must do is Hold yourself and live that path, so that you uplift the people around you, and they want to hold their self themselves higher, right? So you know both of your guys' perspective basically illustrate that, like you know, if you have a a uh, a master who is just reading things, that takes the whole inner part of it out, right? So you then begin to um, Yeah, you then begin to not elevate the people around you, right? So the idea with uh, Kabbalah is is that you take the light from the infinite and you absorb a hundred percent of that light, but not because you want it for yourself or you're doing these things for yourself, is that because you want to take that and bestow it on your brothers around you, and I. You know, I'm obviously not as experienced of a Mason, but being there, I feel an intense fellowship of brothers. And in our lodge, everybody's extremely supportive. And um, uh, basically, I have that feeling, is that everybody's there because they want you to elevate yourself to those standards as well, but not by forcing it, but by, um, by doing it and showing it so that they can bestow it upon you and you can feel that light, and then you can go and do it for the next brother.
2: Uh, something that I think we should discuss in another episode, uh, going back a little bit to what um, Steve was saying, and then I'll, I'll, I'll address the what you were saying, Dave. But we should talk about why, as Masons, we memorize things. I think that should be a topic that we should discuss in another episode, because there's a lot to it. Um, now, I, I totally understand, well, I don't totally, I've never been a very esoteric person. So uh, learning more about what you you were saying, Dave, is something which I find really interesting. Um, and I'm going to try to do a bit more research before our next episode on, what, what's it called? The Kabbalah?
0: Kabbalah.
2: Kabbalah. That's
1: what the Bible,
0: the Bible is written in uh, Kabbalistically, the Old Testament. Every single word in there in Hebrew is written in code.
1: Yeah. I, I think that's a great topic for our next, uh, thing is memory work. Why we, uh, commit it to memory and why we, um, do the particular works that we do. I think that will be a very interesting one. Um, but, uh, uh, that being said, I know our time is running short and, um, we need to wrap this up. Was there anything that, uh, any of you wanted to, uh, get in on this topic before we, uh, wrap that up
0: I think it's just important for all of our uh, all of our listeners and viewers to really think about where their bar is set
2: and it's also really important that if you are going to hold yourself to a higher standard do it to a point that it doesn't detriment yourself because as as Dave was saying at the beginning of this episode um, if you set yourself too high and you fail to meet that level it, it can be quite hurtful for your mental health but also if you are going to set yourself to a super high standard don't expect everyone else to be there if you can memorize every single lecture word perfectly in two hours don't expect the brother sitting next to you to do the
1: same exactly right and that was one of the things as i was telling you that story about the worshipful master that uh, uh read everything that was the reason i didn't go during that time that I wasn't there, I was contemplating why I wasn't there because um, it, it was having me miss things that I would not normally miss. I don't. Uh, I believe in going and supporting the raising of a master mason and so on. And when I'm I was sitting there and I was trying to hold somebody else to the standard that I had set for myself and which wasn't realistic, you know, because not everybody can memorize. Um, and then again, not everybody can deliver with cadence and, um, and whatnot as well. So
2: I agree. So with that said, I think everyone, unless anyone has any other final closing remarks.
1: Nope. Just check out our, um, soon to come website and our facebook page and let's start getting some followers on this uh podcast yes yeah, so we've had a to...
2: whopping zero viewers today that's <laughs> the most we've ever had
1: That's amazing. <laughs> well now once we get this one out there and get it live and uh uh able for others people put it out there so that others are able to see it then uh well and then as we get better at it ourselves, of course, then maybe yeah, people will is... want to listen and follow. And In TV, uh, this is what they call the pilot.
2: The pilot. There you go. And, uh, hey, Steve, remember, uh, when all else fails,
1: push the button. Right. The little white button. The little white button. Yeah. The little white
2: button. <laughs> anyway, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, brother and all, I hope you've enjoyed this, our pilot episode of the Working Tools podcast, and we shall see you next time.
0: Have a good day, everyone.